Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host, Joe Meyer. Thank you for joining me once again as we kick off another episode um, in this gloomy yet happy day. And I'll explain that. So, the 17th, which is also um, St. Patrick's Day, is my wife's birthday. And her name is Delia. Now, I will not, of course, say how old she is because she would kill me. <laughs> but we, you know, we celebrated her birthday today um, due to the fact that um, during the week it's so difficult because of work and um, schedules and, and everything. So, um, you know, we had a chance to op- today to, to have a, a nice little get together with um, my sister, dad, obviously our daughter, me and her. And um, it was just a very nice day and, uh, you know, celebrating her birth and uh, so thankful for her to be here and um, today. So today is going to be devoted to her partially and just everything else we talk about, you know, today, you know, so I really um, last week or two weeks ago, I should say, um, you probably didn't get the best experience of what I was trying to talk about. I seemed probably very confused. I seemed very like unsure. Um, I was just having one of those moments. Well, right when I was talking to everybody in that conversation, when I wasn't focused, <laughs> to be honest. And I really hope to be focused today. And just to... to let you know what's going on in my life. Let you know how I'm feeling um, and what's on my mind, you know. And developing a, a conversation with the, for those of you to hear me out there, you know. Um, a lot's happening today, you know, in this world, in our lives. And we have to talk about it. It's so important to talk about, right? Definitely. So let's get started um, with the theme song, I guess you could call it, uh, what I may be talking about, what I may not be talking about. But other than that, I really love this song in general. Okay, it's by Neil Diamond. It's called America. All right. And for many of you who probably heard this song, I think you'll like it. Uh, but let's listen to it, shall we?
We're traveling light today In the eye of the storm In the eye of the storm Home To a new and a shiny place Make our bed and we'll say our grace Freedom's light burning warm what an incredible song, right? I'll just play it in the background a little bit, but um, that's not what I'm going to start off with, but just give you an idea of what this conversation may be leading to today, right? But l- let me start off with my wife's birthday. For many of you who are married out there, We need to appreciate those people in our life, especially our spouse and their birthday. I think all too often, we as people take that for granted. We take that for granted. And you know why? Because we think they're always going to be here. We think that nothing will happen. They will not die within our lifetime. They will not leave us. And we can be comfortable enough to know that they're going to be there tomorrow. But we don't know the day or hour that we're going to pass one day. We don't know what could happen. We could die in our sleep. We could die in a horrible car wreck. Um, You know, who knows? We could die from COVID. I mean, who knows what could happen? Only God knows, right? And Me and Delia have been together since 2008, okay, married in 2010, just celebrated our 10-year anniversary this last, um, last, uh, last October, all right, and so I can truly say that with all my heart, I love my wife, Delia, and every day, I grow to love her more and more because Love is limitless, in my opinion. It's only up to us if we put a stop to that love. If we decide we don't want to love that person anymore. Or we only want to love them a certain much. Or a certain amount, excuse me. But when we say it's limitless and we follow that, it's limitless, folks. We just keep loving that person. And that's the same with our kids, in a sense, right? It's unfortunate that parents, you know, obviously they disagree with their kids and maybe their kids' lifestyles. And, you know, all I could say is that that's a tough situation. My daughter's only eight, so I don't know what kind of life she's going to live when she's 18, 20, 30. I, I, I pray that she lives a good and honest life, that she knows she has value, that she knows she should be respected and she should respect herself and her body, right? All too often, people today grow up in a way of like, well, I could do whatever I want. I could drink, do drugs, have sex, do whatever I want. And yeah, you're right. We all have that freedom here, right? But should you? And some of you out there may say, well, why not? What's wrong with that? Don't judge me for how I live my life. You have a right to live yours. I have a right to live mine. And you're absolutely right out there. 
You all do, right? Something I tell my students is just the, about when we talk about morals and ethics, especially in the workplace, right? Most of us know what it, mean, what it means to right and wrong, right? Yeah, we don't steal, right? That's wrong. We don't do this. We don't do that. We don't cheat the company. We don't try to cheat time or, or you know, we just don't do that. I know a lot of people tend to do it. Not everybody's honest, right? But we have to be honest in our personal lives too. You know, I, I get it. That people feel lonely. People want to experiment. People want to live it up because they're young. Until, until they get an incurable disease from somebody else that they, unfortunately, they say, well, what can I do now? Now I'm going to die. You know? Um, not everybody, of course. But psychologically, I think it really does mess with one person's mind. Now I'm not here to judge. If you've had one partner or hundreds of partners, right? That's on you. That's on your choice, right? Personally, more is not always better. But hey, if you're young and vibrant man or woman and you just love those feelings of intimacy with different men or different women in your life with no sense of attachment, just sex, I don't agree with that. I've never, I, I didn't, I don't live my life that way. Never have. But that's not to say people don't. Again, I'm not here to judge those people. I'm just here to say, you know, what I'm like, right? Now, back to what I was saying. And And, you know, growing up, you know, and many of you have heard my life growing up. And, um, I was raised as a good boy, meaning I was kind of sheltered in a way and, um, verbally, you know, abused by my grandfather, not physically, but verbally put down throughout my childhood and really told that I wasn't good enough. Okay. So when I got up to age of dating and adulthood, I went searching for that person that I felt could offer me love and attention. And I didn't really get that. I didn't. You know, I had, um, in college, I had one girlfriend. We were together, I don't know, maybe three months, you know? Things were starting to get serious. First real relationship, first kiss, and that was it. I was too afraid of intimacy, too afraid of what could happen. 
you know, popping out kids when I was only 20 or something. I, was, I wasn't ready for that kind of life. And, you know, some would say, well, there's protection. You know, yeah, I just wasn't ready. I, I, I didn't have that mindset. You know, I was wounded at that age. I was afraid. I love the feeling of being with somebody, spending time with them. But that was about it. I eventually could have worked my way up into that at that point. But there were some things that were said that I said stupidly and they, she got offended and we broke up and it just wasn't a right relationship for me. And that was in my 20s. I struggled in my 20s. I struggled immensely with depression, self-esteem issues. Um, and it really took me to like a breaking point in 2007 is when I really started to have a different perspective in my life. That was a long time ago. That was, what, 14 years ago, which may not seem that long, but it was. I was a different man back then. And I wasted a lot of time, you know? When you think about out of college, 22 to 26, well, older then, but 27, that's still fairly young. No one realizes that, you know, when you start getting into 40s, things start to get a little scary. You know, I'm 41 years old today, or to this day, right? 42 in, de in December. And after my break in 2007, I met Delia in 2008. And I, it felt like I was just kind of reborn again, so to speak. She brought happiness into my life and a new life to me. I'm very thankful for her to be in my life. Very thankful for her love, her patience, her generosity towards me. Never giving up on me, even though I can guarantee that if it wasn't Delia, it was somebody else, they probably would have gave up a long time ago. And you may say, well, huh? you can't know that for sure. I do. I, I think I can really estimate that because, you know, Delia is not from here, okay? She's not from America. She's from El Salvador, right? She has a different perspective. She has a different mindset. She has a different culture than somebody who grew up in the good old USA, right? Because in the good old USA, and this is my opinion, men and women are taught how to treat men and women in the good old of USA who are born here differently than maybe how you would Somebody from another country would treat you and you treat that person, right? And it's a respect. It's an expectation that, and this is from my experience, that the expectation is that if you were born here and you meet somebody here, there's a higher expectation for you to support that person, to give to that person. And I'm not saying that I don't give to my wife and my daughter and support them. I do. But it's not required, right? It's not required that I go buy my wife, you know, an expensive gift 
where in my opinion, and I'm, I'm just, I know it's very generalized. Some women will say, no, well, that's not right. I'm not like that. But a lot of women are where they have that expectation of like, well, you need to buy me a house. You need to buy me this kind of car. You need to make this kind of money. And we need to have this kind of life, right? That expectation, right? Because frankly, nobody wants to be poor, right? Nobody wants to live in a one-bedroom apartment for years and years and struggle to make it, right? And that's kind of what it's been like sometimes with me and Dahlia, is we struggled financially. And that was because for many years, Dahlia, based on our choice, did not work because she took care of our daughter, you know, until she started school. It was a tough sacrifice for somebody who's not rich, who's not wealthy, right? Just an average Joe. Just an average Joe. But it was well worth it because my daughter is more grounded. She, her mother, my wife got to spend more time with her instead of, you know, sending her off to a daycare, which I know. Not everybody has that opportunity to, to just say, okay, well, I'm not going to send her or him. We felt it was financially beneficial for her to stay at home with mom and have that time with her. Now, I know, like I said, not every parent can do that. Some are single moms and like, well, I don't have a grandma or, or somebody to take care of my son or daughter. I, have to, I do have to send them to daycare. That's my only choice. And I understand that. You know, but we had to really think about the financial aspects. Okay. Do we, you know, have my wife go to work and, you know, and although my wife is, you know, fluent in English, intelligent, in my opinion, she's treated very differently here in the United States because of her, you know, accent and her culture and her, you know, her ethnicity and it's, it's a little bit more difficult for her to, you know, move up the ladder like traditionally like others have. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's much more difficult. You know, my wife is not a, a doctor or, or a nurse or, and I bring those professions up because many times many from other countries come here with those professions. My wife, well, you know, in her former life, former life in a, El Salvador was like a travel agent, you know? And yeah, you could do that here, but it's not the same, you know? Where we live, it's difficult for those positions. So she basically has to find what kind of work she can do. You know, there may be a point where she decides, hey, she's gonna go back to school one day, hopefully. And I know she can do it. But right now, I'm the breadwinner. I take care of um, the family. I teach part-time and I work full-time. And she works part-time, but really it's almost like full-time. She works about 35 to almost 40 hours a week, right? So she, she does work, right? And... It's much better now financially because we both work, right? She may not make as much money as I do, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. 
she contributes. She contributes and that's what, what, what matters. Right? But I don't know where I would be without her, to be honest. I don't know if I would be alone in a relationship. And quite morbidly, I know this may sound very morbid, I don't know if I'll be dead by now, to be honest. Because obviously if I didn't have her, I wouldn't have my daughter. Right? So, you know, sometimes you may, people may think, well, you know, you should be able to survive on your own and love yourself and be happy with yourself and not need somebody in your life. But not everybody is like that. Some people generally, genuinely need others in their life, whether it's friends, a girlfriend, boyfriend, um, family. And I am not saying I don't have other family. Yes, I do. I have a sister. I have a, a brother-in-law. I have a father who's still alive. I have a distant uncle who lives in Oregon. I have an aunt who lives in North Carolina. And I'm in California, but we hardly speak. I have cousins in Indiana, Florida, you know, and I have family in Colorado. So I I have, but they're very distant. So it's really just my dad and my sister and my brother-in-law, David, you know. Um, But typically the way I lived most of my life prior to um, meeting Dahlia was on my own. And much of that was alone. I really didn't have friends, people I can go out with and spend time with. And I will say that I definitely tried. I definitely made the effort to go out and meet people. But those people that I met, that I tried to form friendships with, they rejected me time and time again. Even though I was kind to them, even though I was open to them, even though I was vulnerable to those individuals, meaning I spoke to them, I was, I was trying to be there for them as a support, you know. Do I regret not having more friends? Yeah, absolutely. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want more friends? I look around, and I know this is not always reality, but I look around on, like, TV, and I even look at, um, you know, one of my favorite movies, or I would say series of movies, is the, um, and don't laugh, because, you know, I, I just love the, the, how these movies are written and prepared, and they're, they're basically getting to the point of, like, very much timeless, which is the Harry Potter movies, right? Being a book lover... You know, um, love Harry Potter. I love the way J.K. Rowling developed those characters and the fantasy of the wizarding, the uh, the world of Hogwarts, and just the stories involved. Not too keen on the newer movies. Maybe I just don't have not really gotten into them, but the traditional Harry Potter movies, the series. Um, I very much can watch over and over again. Very interesting. And just seeing the kids kind of grow up and be friends. You know, Ronald, 
Hermione and Harry Potter, along with all the other instructors, teachers, you know, Voldemort and, you know, just everybody, you know. Um, True friends, right? And even in real life, they're true friends. Now, they may live in different parts of the country um, because I believe um, Ron or Rupert, the actor, lives in London. Well, Harry Potter, well, that's not his real name, obviously, lives in, I think, New York. And I'm not sure where Emma Watson lives. I think she may live in Los Angeles. But I'm not really too sure, to be honest. But they're still friends to this day. And that's because, you know, when they started Harry Potter, they were, what, 12? An incredible age. An age that that was when I feel I was most creative in my writing. And your mind is just firing off like pistons where you're just thinking of ideas and you know you're just you're just going through all these changes in your life and um if i could say that some of the most incredible milestones in a person's years child years are probably like you know the foundational years which is like one to five you know ten and then anywhere from ten to to fifteen and fifteen to twenty I would say, are very much foundational years where you see a lot of growth. And if those years are somewhat stunted, meaning you affect them in a negative way where you try to stop somebody from growth or you discourage them or you put them down, it affects them for the rest of their life, in my opinion. I know it did for me. And um, that's ultimately what I what I hated, because I feel like when I look at my life today, although it's not all that terrible, I could have done a lot better. I could have been something more. I could have been a larger success. I could have felt more value in my life. Now I feel value because my wife and daughter's here. But as a father, as a husband, even as a brother and a son, I feel like a failure at times because I'm not, the, I'm not really as successful as I, I hope to be at this point in my life, right? And, you know, people make choices where they want to go, how they want to do that. Some people don't know what direction they want to take and find out later in life. And although there's still time, it still affects you. You know, time just ticks away so quickly, you know, but, but anyways, um, truly, I, I really don't know what my life would be like without Dahlia and my daughter, Michaela, right? I honestly think I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I Kind of hard to say. I'm not at this point in my life where I feel like ending anything. Do I feel stressed? Absolutely. Do I feel somewhat depressed at times? Of course.
Do I struggle? Absolutely. Do I look to the future and looks kind of bleak at times? Yeah, I do. And I, I pray that changes for my daughter because she's growing up so fast. And no one wants to, no one wants their kids to grow up in a world where they can't survive, right? Thankfully, I hope and I pray that I live a long life so that I can support my daughter for as long as I can. You know? I feel sympathy for those kids who lose parents early in life. Especially kids who lose their parents in their 20s or who are in foster care or who don't have a true parent to support them where they're struggling and struggling trying to make it and they can't do it sometimes because the challenges are too big or they seem too big, right? And, you know, I look at my daughter and she's incredibly intelligent. It's almost freaky that she's almost like me in a sense, you know, but in different ways. She loves to write. She's very a creative writer. She creates these great stories. Her teacher even says, wow, Michaela, I love the story you wrote. It's so creative. And I'm like, yeah, that's her, obviously. That's her creativeness. But I like to think that I kind of gave that to her <laughs> in my genes. Um, but there's also a lot of very similar things about her, you know, that are like me. Some of my habits, some of my mannerisms, things of that nature, right? It's just incredible. Incredible. And I look to her each day and I feel blessed to see her grow up and change and and um, go from a baby to a toddler to a, a kid to eventually a young woman to a woman to an adult you know, and it's, it's just incredible. Many people don't, many people take that for granted. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that people do. Really unfortunate. But where do we go from here? For many of you out there, you know, right now in this country, you know, thinking about this, thinking about the song America by Neil Diamond, right? People are still fighting to come here. Every day, every single day. And some people hate this song because of what it symbolizes. Coming to America. If you've ever seen the music video. And it's an incredible video. I love watching it. I can watch it over and over again because it shows, 
you know, it shows New York and it shows, you know, um, immigration and those of you and those of who who've came from other countries to seek a better life. And I'm just reading here about the song itself. Came out in 1980, was a hit in 1981, reaching number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. The song's theme is a positive interpretation of the history of immigration to the United States, both during the early 1900s and the present. Combing Diamond's typically powered melody, dynamic arrangement, and bombastic vocals, it ends with an interpolation of the traditional patriotic song My Country Tis of Thee. In Diamond's concerts, the song is very popular both at home and abroad with a large United States flag often displayed from the rafters on cue to the lyric every time the flags unfurled, they're coming to America. The song was featured at the Stone Mountain Laser Show near Atlanta, Georgia. The song has been used in a number of contexts including theme songs for Michael Dukakis' 1988 presidential campaign and promotion of the 1996 Olympics, right? Shortly after September 11, 2001, Diamond modified the lyrics to America slightly during live performances. Instead of their coming to America towards the end, it, came, it became Stand Up for America and it included on a memorandum listing songs deemed inappropriate by Clear Channel Communications following September 11th attacks, right? You know, and people, people hate this song sometimes. I know it's a very love song, I love it. But let me tell you what people probably don't like about this song. People hate the fact that immigrants are coming, right? People, in my opinion, with the rhetoric, with the hate that goes on today, in our country hate those people trying to come for a better life and I, and I get it there's a big um, discussion about well you know legal versus illegal right but it's about the humanity that we're not really taking a look at from these individuals who are coming here primarily from Central America some from Mexico some from other countries like Africa, Cuba, you know, so it's not just tied to specific countries, China, India, you know. We are the, the land of freedom. We are the land of rights. We are the land of dignity. We are the land of giving people a second chance. But now it's kind of to the point, well, no, no, wait, hold on. That second chance is not really for them, the poor, the destitute, the people who are fighting, you know, to survive in their country because they're starving or they're trying to survive gang wars or they're trying to survive just staying alive. No, the, the people that they're talking about is the people who are doctors, lawyers, people, nurses, people who can actually feel, others feel that can truly contribute to this country. You know, 
where the, the, the language is kind of just like, oh, well, we don't need any more farmers. We don't need any more, you know, car washers or people who just do those jobs. You know, people who just mow your grass. And no, I know, it's wrong. It's wrong. You know? That there, people are going to take different positions, right? Is there a right way and wrong way to come into the country or any country? Absolutely. Is there a legal way, an illegal way? Yes. But our immigration systems here, especially in the United States, are incredibly broken. Right? I don't know if it was ever meant... It was never meant to be this way. Although we should have many, many decades ago, a long time ago, should have fine-tuned and perfected our immigration laws by now. Because we are a country of immigrants. And, and, and there are going to be both sides. Like, well, you know, legal immigration. Yes. Okay, I get it. Legal immigration is important. That's what we all want. Right? People who come here and get an opportunity to, you know, in a sense, be counted or um, become, you know, um, legal residents, eventually turning into citizens. That is the hope, right? But it's not that easy for everybody. And... You know, I look at my wife who, you know, became first a, a legal permanent resident and then a citizen a few years ago. And I know that struggle is hard. I know it's almost impossible. There are people who wait a long time just to get a permanent residency. Some as long as like five to eight years. And then they have to wait an additional maybe three years before they qualify, three to five years before they qualify for citizenship. Right? But is it worth it? Absolutely. There are people out there, which sometimes we, as Americans, turn a blind eye. Suffering out there. And I know we can't be the big brother to countries around the world. It's, it's impossible. You know? It's going to depend on those countries as well. Right? It's going to depend on them caring for their citizens. But the, the problem is that many of those countries do not care for their citizens. they rather let them die. Seriously. They're, they just prefer to let them die. What's the point, right? Well, they're not. You know, you think of somebody, you know, coming from Central America. Poor Central American, uneducated at times. Don't have the same, doesn't have the same educational system like we do here. Doesn't have the same type of jobs. Doesn't have the same type of training at times. Doesn't make the same type of money we make. Sur fighting to survive. Personally, I, I'm going to be honest with you. If I lived in a, a Central American country, which not everybody lives like this, but if I had to live like that, to try to survive just so I don't get killed by the gangs or I don't get 
you know, extorted by them or murdered by them. I don't know if I could survive living like that. But people do it every day. People do it every day. I think we forget that we're not the only country in this world. That there's countries around the world that are that that fight with those same problems that we fight with. Trying to take care of our own citizens. But many times we don't even take care of our own citizens here. And that's the big argument. It's like, well, we should be taking care of our own citizens. We should be taking care of our own U.S. Um, people here. And why are we focused on other people from other countries? Because it's the humane thing to do. The humane thing to do. We are humane we, excuse me, we are a humane country. But that's slowly drifting away. Because we're, we're not going to be so humane too much, much longer. We're already treating our citizens, ourselves, with contempt and disrespect and uncivility and hate to our own citizens. Because we're all coming from different backgrounds. You know, there's a war out there. A civility war. There's a war for power. There's a war for people to survive. And there are those players, the haves and have-nots, right? And if you're a have-not, then you're nothing. You have no power. That's why so many people fight to become one of the haves. And some are willing to do anything. Lie, cheat, steal, even murder to get to that point. Because once they get there, they're like, yes, I can breathe. I can breathe and I can do whatever I want and no one can stop me. Because once you get to a certain point of wealth and prosperity People are not going to stop you. People are going to enhance your wealth. Are going to give more to you in time. So you look at some of these large corporations today. Who pay zero taxes. And yes, the argument is, oh, well, they offer lots of jobs. They offer insurance. You know, why shouldn't they get paid zero taxes? Because we as a country cannot just allow... The citizens, typically middle class and lower class, um, poor, to pay the taxes for everybody else. That's not the way it's supposed to work. All right. Now you may say, well, they're contributing, they're offering jobs, and that money that those individuals make, the, that money is essentially going back into the economy, right? Well, yeah, but that's not enough. You know, that is not enough. Just recently, I read that Zoom, which I think it increased their profits by whatever, 400%, paid zero in taxes. Zero. Zip. Nada. How is that fair? How is that fair? Amazon is probably another one. And lots of other companies. Because the, the justification is, well, the, well, they're offering millions of jobs. 
some offering insurance. They're keeping those people out of poverty, but many times they're keeping them in poverty. Many times they're offering these minuscule wages that people end up having to be on welfare still because they can't support themselves. And, and then the other argument is, well, that's their fault. That's those people's faults that they're like that. They need to get better jobs. They need to get better careers. They need to go back to school. They need to do this. And, they, and you know, sh should people have to go and get an Ivy League um, you know, education to survive? Hmm? Really? Should they? No, it shouldn't be that way, in my opinion. Right? But that's what people think today. If I could go back 22 years, would I go to a different school? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? But education is not the only way we make a life, right? It's hard work, it's experience, it's taking risks. There's a lot involved to make it. Right now in my job, well, I say it's my career, I should say that. In software and teaching, it took me a long, many years to get here where I am today. Took a lot of frustration, took a lot of hardships. It took a lot of tears, prayers, took a lot. I don't want my daughter to have to go through those same struggles one day. I want her to make it sooner in life. And I'm not saying she has to make it right out the gate as soon as she graduates college or whatever, or high school. But I want her to survive. I want her to, to do better than me because she has what it takes to do it better than me. She has the mindset. She has the intelligence. And I will encourage her and love her and continue to uplift her in her life and support her. Something that a father and a mother has to do and should do, but fail to do at times, right? It's unfortunate that parents today don't take that very seriously. I don't have time for this. I don't have time to, to teach you. And some things I just don't know, you know. One of the funny things um, when my daughter comes to me, which seems really stupid, but I just, when, I'm, when she's trying to show it to me, I just don't, like, it, I'm trying to think of it. But one of the things that she was learning or learning right now is um, a raise. And I 
was looking like, what is this? What is an array? And I know what an array is. Obviously, it's, you know, putting numbers in blocks or, you know, circles or whatnot. And they're they're learning how to get to the point of, like, multiplication eventually, right? Because they're adding, like, you know, they're adding them up, those arrays, right? But it's very difficult because it's not that I don't know it. It's just the way the the book presents it, the math book. It, it, it's a little confusing. <laughs> it really is. And I I, just, I don't know, Michaela. I'm sorry. I'm, I, let me think. And sometimes it's she gets me right when I'm like on a call with a client. And I'm like, I can't work with you right now. I'm, I'm talking to a client um, or I'm busy. And she still has her schooling. And I feel bad because I can't be there for her. So we have to wait till after she's done with school or when we have time. But things that our parent you know parents feel as pain there's things that i'm not going to be able to support her in in a sense of not being able to be to help her with because i don't know myself or it's way it's been so long that i've forgotten like algebra <laughs> don't ask me about algebra right so but anyways it's it's the point where i'm going to do everything i can right to support her and love her and, and be there right But anyways, I digress. <laughs> I want to thank everyone, you know, to, to help me in this conversation, you know, and I feel better. You know, I, I do feel somewhat stressed at work. I have multiple clients and software is such a complicated um, field to be in. Sometimes I'm thankful I have, I'm in the field that I am. Sometimes I'm like, well, why did I choose this field again? Why is it so challenging? And not that challenging work is bad, but sometimes it's incredibly much more challenging than I have. And I'm just drained at the end of the week. You know, um, sometimes my writing suffers because I'm so exhausted. And I usually typically like to write... um, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, and write, continue to re-edit uh, edit my book. And there are points where I just feel so tired, I can't, and I don't want to write like that because it, the quality is not going to be there. Some days where I am on fire, like I'm just like, boom, like I'm writing a lot of re-editing my words, and I'm like, okay, and and I think what's pretty good if I can edit about a thousand words each night that's three thousand words a weekend that's pretty good you know three six nine twelve that's twelve thousand words in a month that's decent in my eyes but um if i can do more than that great the editing of the book right now where i'm at right now is i think i'm at 300 page 350 of my second draft and I, out of 471 or something. So I think I have about 120 more pages to go of editing. So, um, and a lot of things I'm cutting out, you know. So there are things that are just not going to be there in this new edit or this new draft. So, but um, that I'm doing teaching throughout the week, Monday through Thursday, teaching in the evenings. You know, also working during the day. 
and then my daughter is going to be starting school April 6th, going back to, you know, um, the actual campus from 8 to 11. Thank goodness she's going to be in school again. And I'm, I'm one of those parents that, although I'm fearful that I don't want her to get sick, I know that she's going to be much happier in a physical environment with her teacher and her classmates, right? And I know not every school can do that. Not every society, not every city, county, country, whatever can do that right now. But um, I think in the county that we live in, we have a fairly low um, rate of people with COVID. So it's it's much more safer. And the other thing is that they're going to have kids wearing their masks. They're going to have sanitizer. They're going to have... It's only for shorter days. It's from 8 to 11. They're going to have asynchronous times as well, which will be at home. And then I believe school ends around the end of May. So exciting times, folks. Inci- exciting times. Looking forward to it. Right? So can't wait. Can't wait. And... um forward to it well everybody I know I haven't spoken in a while I appreciate it I think what I'm going to do is go get some rest go lay down for a little bit or just sit down <laughs> my mind has been busy because today we celebrated I got up early um, not only got, did I get up early but you know I, I picked up my my wife from work late I think she, she last night she got out like 11 30 p.m. so I'm a little tired there but I got up I did my exercise this morning did my running Um, so far since starting my weight loss journey I think in January or late January I've already lost 20 pounds yay so have about 40 more to go (laughs) you know I'm gonna take me a while but I'm gonna keep pushing at it if I lose about two pounds a week, I can get to my weight loss goal probably by July, which is not that far away, mind you. Um, so, but I have to keep doing it, keep eating right, keep exercising, you know. Yeah, so in four months, what are we going into April? April, May, June, July, right? So, yeah, four months if I can lose, you know. Thirty-two pounds. <laughs> wow, seems like a seems like a lot. But if I can keep pushing myself and and working out and getting there, um, in those four months, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna feel and look like a whole new person, right? And but typically, I think. To get me to my goal weight, I would probably be like four and a, four and a half months. So, yeah, about four and a half months. Um, that I'm just gonna looking to feel great. So we'll see what happens. And um, other than that, everybody. I'm going to 
leave us off with this ending song that was part of last week's or two weeks ago. Um, something, a song that I personally like. And um, I just wasn't feeling myself at that point, right? From the 90s. Well, folks, thank you for joining me once again on another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me, to hear me rant and rave, and hopefully you get some great, some some value. It doesn't have to be great, right? <laughs> well, I hope it is anyways, but um, thank you for taking the time to be with me here today. Wishing everybody out there uh, a safe and happy coming up Easter. Um... I may, I most likely will put out um, another conversation before then and um, give you an opportunity to kind of just go over how what Easter means to me, you know, and what Easter means to many of you. Some of you out there are believers in Christ, some of you are not. Um, but before I end, something I want to just share with you, okay? And I know I was gonna, I was about to leave, but I just want to share this with you. It's a little, just a little scripture. All right. Lift up your hands. Oh, excuse me. Lift up your heads, O oh, you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of Glory shall come in. Psalm twenty-four seven. Right. So I just want to wish everybody out there an incredible weekend. Stay safe, stay happy. Focus on what's important in this life, your family, friends, your health, your well-being, your mental health, and continue to, to keep pushing for um, being a better you. 
stopping the hate that's in society, putting aside those disagreements and learning to work with people. And remember, wear a mask. Even if you don't feel like it sometimes, just wear it. And it's not going to be forever, folks. A mask is not a political, you know, thing. Although people have tried to politicize it. A mask keeps us safe. And although, you know, the science is not fully there, I think it's better than not going unprotected out there, right? So, think about it. It's your choice. Thank you everyone for joining me. Until once again, this is Just Talk with Joe Meyer. And this was our conversation. Have a great night, everybody.